We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears began. Day one of mandatory minicamp here on Tuesday as we're recording this. The final two practices will be Wednesday and Thursday, and then they break for training camp, which begins in late July. So this is pretty much it for Bears news that we're going to get this week. And things are ramping up just a little bit at Hallis Hall, but um, doing so without a key member of this defense. And we're going to get into that, plus talk about how the offense has looked. Um, a couple injuries, some shuffles on the offensive line, and much, much more. Before we get into that, though, let me bring in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked. Um, how have you been doing, man? Doing good, man. Just kind of, you know, dreading some already. I know you guys are finally starting to get some of that heat, too, man. It's been brutal. <laughs> yeah, dude, It's it's been well over 100 for the last, like, week, and it's not letting up anytime soon here. They keep calling it a heat wave and it's like, no, it's just, it's just summer and it's just going to be miserable. So, you know, it's uh good going to Houston this weekend and, you know, we're getting closer to actually, you know, having training camp and preseason. So can't really complain about that either. Yeah. I think it was, it got up to like 108 here today and it's supposed to be like that for three days, uh, conveniently all three days of the, uh, uh, of the bears uh, mandatory mini camp here. But yeah, it's pretty much the hottest it's been here, but I'm at the point where it's like, I'm almost complaining that it's too cold in my house because the air conditioning set so low because it's so damn hot out. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. But yeah, I mean, you just gotta, you know, for people out there in the Chicago area, just limit, limit yourself outside. Don't go too hard, drink plenty of water and limit the time outside. But like you said, man, I mean, you guys are in the hundreds for what now a week or so. So you're, you're kind of more used to it than we are. Yeah. You know, and that's fun. I, mean, I was talking to a friend about that the other day and he's like, well, you should be acclimated by now. It's like, yeah, maybe acclimated, but it doesn't mean I, I like it. You know, it's just like, it's, it's weird. Cause this time last year, it didn't even in the DFW area here in Dallas, it didn't hit. I think the first day we had 100 was like, I want to say it was like mid to late July and we're already starting off. I mean, it's dude, it's just been crazy. So I don't know. We'll see. It definitely seems to be hitting all over the country. And I think 
luckily for you know you guys in Chicago, it definitely fluctuates a lot more. It's like usually here, once it hits above ninety, it doesn't stop for you know it. It'll probably be this way until September. So yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, it's it's not like we have much to look forward to with baseball either. So it's gonna be <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a wait until until the Bears get going with training camp. But at least we got you know the mandatory mini camp to talk about, and hopefully we can take away some stuff with that, and that'll that'll. Uh, kind of get us through these next six weeks after this. Yeah. I mean, let's kind of get into it, you know, outside of the heat, um, the biggest story or one of the biggest stories from this day, one of mandatory mini camp um, was broken by Ian Rappaport, like what an hour before or 30 minutes before camp started. And that was that Robert Quinn was not expected to attend the mandatory mini camp. Um, he, he was not there at all for the OTAs. He was there for the Brian Piccolo award. And that was really the last time I've heard from him in, in, in late April. And from there, I mean, he pretty much has said this offseason, he wants to be a member of the Bears. And he, you know, he warned us he's going to do his own offseason training, which he, he normally does, but that's usually the, the voluntary OTAs. And listening to Matt Eberflus today, you could tell he was a little, you know, disappointed that Robert Quinn was not there. Um, El Kodin Muhammad was there. He was not there in OTA. So getting him back was big. Um, but yeah, everyone was in attendance Not everyone practiced. everyone except for Robert Quinn was in attendance. And, you know, that's gotta be a little concerning. And I think you can look at one of two ways here. Maybe Robert Quinn is just fully going with the, I'm going to recover on my own. I'm going to use my own trainers, um, and, and miss these mandatory, um, practices and take that risk. Or, you know, maybe behind the scenes, he does want out of Chicago and he's kind of taking the professional way of, you know, not coming out and demanding a trade and, and saying things about the bears in the media, anything like that. Um, but more of just kind of laying low and maybe there are discussions with Ryan Poles and his agent to, to kind of move them because I mean, let's be real, man. He, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. He had a big year last year, his best year. Now is pretty much the time to trade him because I don't think he's going to be, you know, this good when the bears are ready to be good. If he does stay on the roster. You know, and I agree. I, I'm still in the camp where I think it could pay off for them to trade him at the trade deadline. Cause I know a lot of people are saying, well, why would you trade, you know, or why, why would he have more value, you know, mid season? And it's because even after this year, he still has two years worth of control. And for the acquiring team that doesn't have all the dead space and the, you know, and the, the uh, prorated bonuses and everything else that the bears have had with Quinn, you know, the cap hits are relatively affordable and all the guaranteed money has run out. I mean, you're looking at basically 12.9, 13.9 and 12.9 are as cap hits in the next three years. And any acquiring team would have no guaranteed money left. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, you acquire him. He doesn't really perform all that, all that well. You approach him next year with a pay cut. He says, no, you can cut bait. And really all you've lost is picks at that point. So you know, but it, like you pointed out, though, I mean, Robert Quinn has been one of those guys who has been a little up and down in his career. And he's kind of been one of those one year on one year off kind of type of players. But I think you're kind of approaching that territory where obviously until we hear him talk, we won't really know. But you're kind of approaching that territory where it definitely seems like he's not overly interested in playing for the Bears. Now, I know that he said that he, he wants to stay. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I know a lot of people point to last year when he kind of did the same thing, but he at least showed up for mandatory minicamp. And I think the big difference this year is the fact that, yes, I'm, you know, I, I get that he knows how to manage his body and it worked well for him last year, but this is a brand new defense. This is a brand new coaching staff. And I think that 
more than anything, establishing a new culture, you know, you know, rebuilding this roster. I think a lot of that comes down to having guys buy in. And at this point in time, and Matt Eberflus talked about this, he said that he's had moments in, you know, in, in the past where people don't buy into his defense. And it's basically kind of one of those things that, you know, if you don't buy in, that's fine, but there's probably not going to be a place for you on the roster. And I know the bears have said they wanted him, you know, that they want him. And I know that Robert Quinn has said that he wants to be here, but I think when you talk about the mandatory aspect of things and, you know, basically not showing up, I, I think it at least brings to question whether or not that this is going to work moving into the season. And I think really right now you're looking at a situation where I think as long as he goes into, let's just say the midway point of the season towards a trade deadline, and he's got, you know, seven, eight, nine sacks, I think you're going to be able to get probably more for him than you would right now. But then again, I mean, Robert Quinn's had his fair share of injury issues. Uh, he's also had his fair share of inconsistent production. So, you know, you know, playing the other side of the coin, if you get into the trade deadline and Robert Quinn's sitting there at two or three sacks or he's hurt, then all of a sudden the value is either non-existent or not there. And then you're not going to have to end up cutting him at the end of the year and you don't get anything for him. So I could definitely see both sides. I think ultimately what this comes down to, again, I could be wrong. I don't think we're going to see, I don't think he's going to be on this roster by the end of the year, whether that's them trying to trade him now and recoup whatever value they can, or that's trading him at the deadline. I don't think a 32 year old, um, it, you know, especially, you know, a relatively expensive 32 year old for the bears in terms of, you know, the dead cap and everything else that comes along with it. I don't think that that's really something that they're going to want to build around. So this is definitely something to watch. And I know, you know, Ian Rappaport had tweeted out, what was it a month or two ago? Uh, I think it was right around the, the draft actually that, teams were sniffing around him and then i know a few people kind of came out and said well the bears aren't looking to trade him well this could kind of bring in a new thought process of you know maybe maybe a team will look to trade him and i look to trade for him and i know obviously this doesn't help the bears but i think we've kind of established at this point that wins and losses are much less important than development right now and i don't know that uh you know robert quinn not playing for the bears in 2022 is really going to make that big of a difference overall yeah, and, and like you said, I mean, he's a veteran. This team is trying to get younger. They're trying to get guys, you know, like Travis Gibson, more looks. Um, you know, maybe someone else like Dominique Robinson who was a draft pick. Maybe he gets some more reps out of this. I, I know, you know, Matty Rafluz has stated that it is important for these younger guys when other players don't show up because you are going to get extra reps. You're going you're gonna to get those reps that these guys would normally get. And, yeah, that could be beneficial for some of these younger guys on the roster so, yeah, I do agree. Um, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, I think he's not going to be on this roster at some point this year, whether it's it's before training camp, it's after training camp, it's it's um, mid-season when they trade, if they trade him. Um, you know, the only thing that is kind of eh about trading him mid-year is if he does get off to a really slow start, I mean, I guess that would impact his, um, you know, trade value just a little bit. But at this point, I mean, I don't, we're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get a first round pick. You're probably not going to get a day two pick. I'd be shocked if they got like a third round pick. I think you're looking more, you know, a day three pick. And for Ryan Poles, who wants to build his team to the draft, I think the Bears are totally comfortable with that. Now, if, if Robert Quinn comes out and he's, he's on pace again to put up, you know, like 17, 18 sacks, maybe that could turn into a day two pick if you do trade him at the trade deadline, which I guess is, is the benefit to that. So it's going to be an interesting game to see what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus do. Um, and like you said, Matt Eberflus has said plenty of times this year, 
he wants team oriented guys. Um, he sees a lot of team oriented guys, <clears throat> excuse me, so far. But in the past, you know, there have been guys that aren't really buying into his defense. And I have to wonder if that is one of the cases here in Chicago with Robert Quinn. And if that's so, you know, maybe it's just better for both sides to kind of move on here. Yeah. And I think that's what will be kind of interesting to see develop over the next month or two. And again, you know, this could all be speculation, but at this, at the same point in time, you're looking at a situation where Robert Quinn is the only guy not to show up. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not a voluntary thing anymore. He's actually losing money by not, you know, not showing up. It was very clear by listening to Matt Eberflus talk today that they expected him to be here. So again, man, I think this definitely changes the dynamic a little bit. Um, I, I, I know people, some people are going to disagree. I know some people think that the bears have an easy schedule. They could surprise some people. I'm not in that boat. I think they're going to be pretty damn bad this year, regardless of the schedule. Um, But again, I don't care about wins and losses. I mean, the development of this team and the young players are much more important. And frankly, at this point in time, this is something I tweeted about earlier. It just kind of adds on to the point. I mean, the bears are in such a good spot moving forward with cap space. Now that doesn't automatically mean everything's going to be great and everything's going to work out, but I mean, just to kind of give you an idea here. And again, like I said, I tweeted this out earlier, um, you know, so, but it kind of gives you an idea of, you know, with the bears because the bears, I guess we should probably talk about that too, a little bit, or at least mention it. Uh, the bears yesterday cut Jeremiah out of So, He's gone. I'm kind of surprised he didn't do it before, to be completely honest with you. Um, he never really seemed like much of a fit in this defense anyway. But either way, uh, they cut him. Uh, they signed uh, Mike Pinnell. Um, you know, he they actually had him on the roster last year during training camp, and he was released with an injury settlement. But either way, the Bears are sitting right around $23.8 million in space. And that doesn't count Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker's deals quite yet because they haven't signed him. We know the, you know, we already know what those are going to be. Um, but even then, I mean, you're still with the rule of 51, you're going to be looking at about 22.5, you know, when it's all said and done, assuming that nothing, you know, that nothing crazy happens, uh, you know, they, they don't go through hell and back with injuries and everything else um, during the season, um, you know, even with getting the 53 players and practice squad and everything else, uh, they're going to be probably rolling over at least 15 million. And then you look at just over the caps projection moving into next year and you're looking at a situation where, you know, they're sitting, you know, at the very, very top in terms of, you know, projected cap space next year, right below $100 million. So really anything you roll over, all that stuff is just going to count towards it. Now, if you look at the whole Robert Quinn situation, now you're looking at a situation where, again, because it's past June 1st, uh, you no longer have to use a designation, but the same rules apply in terms of, you know, that dead money all of a sudden basically cuts in half. So right now, if, you know, or before, if the bears would have cut him, you know, pre June 1st or trade him, then they wouldn't really save that much. It'd have been a little over 4 million. Now, if they, you know, cut him or trade him, they won't cut him. But if they trade him, then all of a sudden you're looking at a savings of about, you know, a little over 12 million. And obviously you're going to get, I think it's about six or $7 million in get dead space. That's going to end up transferring over into the next year. Um, you know, but you're looking at a situation where, Again, though, like some of that money comes off the books next year. And yes, I know some of that kind of comes on. But again, when you're comparing, let's just say $7 million in dead cap to, you know, what it would be for, I think his cap charge is supposed to be like $16 million next year. It's still not only saving this year and next year. So if you're looking for that kind of long-term approach and you're realizing a 32-year-old defensive end who's been somewhat inconsistent in his, in his career in terms of, you know, being healthy and, and, and producing at a high level, 
when you look at it like that, I mean, if you can turn Robert Quinn into a third or fourth round pick at this point, I think you got to do it. And, you know, again, and it's nothing against Robert Quinn. I mean, I don't blame him at all. I wouldn't want to be on a rebuilding team at this point in time either. I, you know, you look at some of these teams around the league, the Kansas city chiefs, Los Angeles Rams. Um, there's a few different teams that can absolutely use a pass rusher uh, like Robert Quinn. And I, I think really what it is, is you could just kind of take your time with it. You see what happens and you don't have to trade him right now. And obviously he could force the issue once you get to training camp, but I do think that he's going to have some value. And I think, you know, kind of looking at what the bears have done this off season and looking at what they're going to be set up with next off season, you know, adding another, you know, third or fourth round pick and, and saving really a collection of what would, what would be even after dead space, would end up being probably close to $20 million between this year and next year. I think that's a move that you've at least got to think about making, especially if he doesn't want to be there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, I agree too. And like you said, you're building for the future. You're trying to acquire draft capital. You're you're stocking up on money to go out and spend on free agents next year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I, I really don't have anything to add anymore on the Quinn situation. But another thing I kind of want to talk to you about was there's been some shuffles on the offensive line here um, in the past couple of weeks. You know, we saw last week when the Bears were on the practice field for the final um, OTA session that Braxton Jones was starting at left tackle and, um, and uh, Larry Borum was at right tackle, which is kind of a change because not only was Larry Borum at left tackle with the first team, Tevin Jenkins was at right tackle with the, um, with the first team all throughout the off season. So now the bears have switched it and it's looking like, you know, that, that Braxton Jones is getting a shot on the left side you know, with the first team. And not only that, but now Tevin Jenkins has kind of been demoted down to the second team where he's been at right tackle. So, I mean, we'll have to see, but Matt Eberflus has said, you know, we shouldn't pay too much attention. They're kind of, you know, trying guys out here and they're trying to find the best spots for them when training camp comes. But to me, Aaron, here's how I look at it. I see a second round pick that the bears traded up for not this regime. I understand that. It's a second round pick and he's already been moved back to the second string and at right tackle. Now we don't know if Braxton Jones is, is out there dominating. It, you know, it, to me all throughout the offseason, I haven't really seen that from him um, or what's kind of going on. I'm a little concerned um, about Tevin Jenkins, but at the same time, you know, there's part of me that thinks, 
okay, maybe we have to wait until at least training camp to kind of, eh, you know, see what's really going on. And my hope is that they have their, you know, their, their rotation and what they want the pieces set in time for training camp. Well, I think this kind of brings up a, a, a two pronged conversation. And I know obviously you've kind of been a part of it with me, you know, with some friends off of the side where I think you can admit that something doesn't look right and that there's something to be concerned about while also saying, yes, there's time to change. And I, and I think here's the thing, right. Where I know a lot of people want to be positive right now. They want something to look forward to. They want to believe that everything's going to be okay within the next year or two. And there's a decent chance that it might be, I mean, the bears are going to have a lot of resources. We just talked about that with that being said though, it's never a good sign. Like you just pointed out when your second round pick from last year, regardless of regime is sitting on the second team. And I know people are saying, well, they wanted to get a look at, you know, uh, you know, they wanted to get a look at how uh, Braxton is Braxton Jones. Right. I always want to say Braxton Miller. It's Braxton Jones. Right? It's Bra- yeah. Braxton yeah. Jones. Yeah. So, you know, they want to get a look at Braxton Jones at left tackle. Okay. Well, that's cool. But why isn't Tevin Jenkins, playing right tackle then with the first team. And then other people have said, well, you know, they just want to get a, you know, an idea of what Larry Borum can do at left tackle and right tackle. Again, my question would be if that is the case and you have no interest in moving Tevin Jenkins to the left side or trying him on the left side anymore, then why would you put Larry Borum with the second team as the right tackle? That's what doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yes. They're in shorts. Yes. There's no contact. They don't have pads, all that, you know, so on and so forth. There's a lot of time left. Yes. There's you have to acknowledge that, but you also have to acknowledge that this is clearly not the greatest of signs that regardless of the thought process behind what is going on right now, that Tevin Jenkins or second round pick from last year is sitting on the second team right now. Now, obviously we'll have to see because, you know, like you pointed out with the offensive line, there has been some changes. They've done some shuffling. Dakota Dozier was taken off on a cart today. Um, we haven't got any update on that, but I would have to assume if you get taken off on a cart, then it's probably not a good thing, especially when it's a you know a lower or a, a leg injury as a whole. So let's just say you know this ends up being one of those situations where Dozier you know either tore something or hurt himself, and maybe he's not going to be ready for the season. I think at that point in time, you owe it to yourself to at least see what you have with Tevin Jenkins at right guard. And I've always thought that Larry Borum was going to be the guy that would slide inside. And maybe they just like Larry Borum more and that's fine. But I think at the same time, there still needs to be a nuanced conversation and there needs to be some realities to say, let's just say hypothetically, I'm not saying this is what happened, but hypothetically speaking, if Larry Borum and Braxton Jones are your two tackles moving into week one of the season, one rookie and one, you know, one guy that were both fifth round picks last year, historically speaking, when you look at the, the history of drafting offensive linemen, especially offensive tackles in the fifth round or later, the, the history behind it says that neither one of those guys are going to be very good. And that, you know, the reality of it is, is they may only start half, if not less of their, of their, you know, basically of the games on the rookie deals. So again, I understand the optimism side of things. I understand that you have to try to trust the coaching staff and so on and so forth. But at the same time, I do think that it's at least worth looking at the situation and saying, okay, what the hell is going on with Tevin Jenkins? Why isn't he beating it? This is a guy that was a projected first round pick last year. Obviously the back surgeries have been a factor and everything else, but you have to look at it. And you have to wonder 
why it is that he's on the second team. And I know some people are going to say, well, you know, the same thing happened with Jalen Johnson. Well, the same thing happened with Jalen Johnson. And then next week that you guys go to practice, Jalen Johnson's with the first team and everything's all good to go. Jalen Johnson also missed part of the mandatory OTA. So, it, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where, they're not equal. And yes, there is time to change. I'm not going to say that there's not. I would still expect Tevin Jenkins to be somewhere on that starting five. But at the same time, I still think it's worth wondering what the hell is going on because it's not something that you want to see. And okay, great. Let's just say Braxton Jones is really impressing people and they're really high in him. But again, why is Larry Borum the option over a guy like Tevin Jenkins for one? And then two, why isn't Tevin Jenkins getting looks at right guard? When you look at right guard, even if Dakota Dozier is not seriously hurt, he graded out as one of the worst starting right guards in the league back in 2020. Sam Mustafer graded out as one of the worst starting centers over you know last year, and now you're moving him right guard, and you would rather have those two guys over a second-round pick from last year. Regardless of regime, you would think that you would at least want to see what you had in a guy like Tevin Jenkins. So again, I think there's a lot of questions to at least be asked. Nothing's going to be determined until we get in the preseason and then training camp and all that stuff. But I think it's at least worth questioning what the hell is going on right now. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and you know, it'd be a little, not a little, it'd be really disappointing if Tevin Jenkins isn't a starter for this offense in week one, just because, you know, you, you did trade up for him in the draft last year, different regime. I get that, but yeah, man, I mean, that's your guy that <clears throat> he's got to find a spot on that offensive line. And, you know, right now it doesn't look like it's going to be left tackle. Um, I, I would say right tackle, maybe a shot at right guard would be his best um, fit because like you said, you know, Dakota Dozier went down today and it looked like a knee injury. Um, and anytime you get carted off, it's not very good. Um, and, and then you look, Sam Mustafer is essentially the backup there and he's fighting for that starting job as well. Um, and why not just put Tevin Jenkins at right guard to, to kind of compete for that spot? So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be disappointing if Tevin Jenkins didn't emerge as a starter because you're going to be in trouble if, if he's not. And if you have someone, you know, maybe Braxton Jones is really good. Maybe he comes out and, and, and wins a job outright and, and, and turns into a solid left tackle. Um, you know, the Bears have problems on the offensive line. Right now, I mean, you have Lucas Patrick, who's the center. Um, he's a free agent pickup. You know, he's probably your best offensive lineman. Um, and then you have Cody White here who's coming off one of the worst seasons of his career. He's kind of struggled a little bit last year um, as your left guard. But outside of those two, you know, spots that are solidified, they're kind of moving guys around and shuffling guys around. 
And, you know, there's going to be a time they have to get it right. They have to find their natural combination. They have to find who is going to protect Justin Fields. And if they don't get this right, man, we're going to see something that, you know, it's going to be like musical chairs on the offensive line. And for me, that's not good news for this offense. And that's certainly not good news for, for Justin Fields going into year two um, in terms of his development. Well, I think we've talked quite a bit about it. And, you know, I, my personal feeling is I think the bears would be and Justin Fields would be a lot better off going into year two with a solidified offensive line versus having top tier receiving targets. And obviously the two play hand in hand. And yes, you can make the argument for Joe Burrow, but I do think that in the, in the case of Justin Fields, and that's the thing is Joe Burrow and Justin Fields ran different offenses and were expected to do different things between LSU and what Justin Fields did at Ohio state. And they're also more to the point, they are different quarterbacks in the sense that Justin Fields has a bigger windup. Justin Fields mechanics a little bit different. Justin Fields is also a big game hunter. He likes to go down the field quite a bit and he has a slower processor. Now, obviously that should improve over time, but I think one of the best things that you can do for a quarterback that struggles to get the ball out in a quick manner. And this is, this was something that was knocked on him, you know, even going back to Ohio state was an issue with the bears last year as well, despite the bad offensive line is you have to, you have to put the right guys in front of him. And again, I don't think anybody was expecting Ryan Poles to go out and do, you know, a, a full on makeover like the chiefs did, back in, you know, in the 2021 offseason and completely remake all five of their starting positions on the offensive line. But I think that we can all objectively say heading into this offseason, I think we expected a lot more than one new guy um, in four, you know, day three draft picks. And I know a lot of people keep saying, well, you know, he did use draft pick. Well, okay, yeah, but those are day three picks. Those are all lotto tickets. Like, yeah, he did, you know, the whole Ryan Bates thing happened. And obviously that was somewhat of a disappointment. But at the same time, like if Sam Mustafer is still projected as of right now to be when you're starting, you know, starting interior lineman, there's an issue. And I, I think that's kind of the thing right now. I would feel a lot better. And there's still time to fix this. I'm not saying that there's not. There's still time for guys to show up and develop, whatever. Um, but I do think that when you're looking at Justin Fields being able to succeed and maybe rise above the lack of talent that he has on the field. I think the best way to get him to do that is going to be that offensive line. I mean, there's just a lot of questions on the offensive line. I'd actually argue, and I know a lot of people would argue exactly the opposite. I'd actually argue that the bears offensive line right now is in a worse position going into the preseason and training camp than it was last year, because at least last year, you had a guy in James Daniels. You had a guy in Cody White here. Um, you had a guy, you know, at least with Sam Mustafer, where, yeah, he was a little bit of an unknown, but you kind of felt, you know, better about him. Obviously, that that, that didn't end up working out very well. Um, but then again, you had Jason Peters, who, while he was old and, you know, hadn't really started that much, you knew that you were at least going to be able to get somebody who was going to be a solid offensive tackle, right? And you had better depth. And I think this year right now, I mean, again, like if, if, if the season started today with what they've been trotting out there, you're looking at a failed center moving to right guard. You're talking about Lucas Patrick, who's absolutely, you know, an improvement. And then you got Cody White here, which you'd have to think he's going to do better than he did last year. I mean, last year was, I would say probably his worst year, but then you look at right guard and then you look at the two tackle spots and there's no, there, there's no sense of, you know, any, any sense of comfort in my opinion. Right. I mean, Larry Borm had good moments last year. Tevin Jenkins had some good moments last year, but they're still all unknowns. And I think that that's kind of the bigger thing moving into this year where 
you would have liked to see that improve. You look at the other, you know, rookie quarterbacks that were more the point, the 2021 uh, first round quarterbacks that were taken, all of them made an effort to improve their offensive line, maybe outside of new England, but new England, new England's got a pretty good situation going. But if you're talking about basically, uh, you know, really Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson and, and Justin Fields. I mean, again, when we've talked about this, like Justin Fields, has far and away the worst supporting cast out there. And I'm not saying that the Bears should have gone out and spent recklessly like Jacksonville, and I hope like hell they don't do that next year. But it's also a situation where year two is so vastly important. Can Justin Fields rise above all of that and still elevate his game? Absolutely he can. But that doesn't mean that you don't want to put him in a better position to succeed. And I think moving into training camp, one of the things that everybody's kind of beat a dead horse on, including myself, is – did the Bears do enough or do they have enough around Justin Fields for him to be able to take that next step? And I think that is going to be the big question this year. And it's going to be the big question for, you know, the, in a big key to the future, because I'm telling you right now, man, like I don't expect the Bears to be good, but I expect Fields to take a step. If Justin Fields doesn't take a step, the Bears are going to be competing for that number one pick. I mean, they are right on that verge right now in terms of talent level, in terms of depth, everything else. If Justin Fields doesn't – if he looks like he did last year and he's getting sacked like he did last year, the Bears are going to lose a lot of games. And then you're going to have to be sitting there this next offseason wondering, you know, is Justin Fields a guy or are they going to – you know, are you know is it worth taking one of the new quarterbacks? And I hope that's not the position that they put themselves in because I still think Justin Fields can be a really damn quarterback and I expect him to be. But I just – I really wish, especially when you're talking about the offensive line, that they would have done more and there would be more answers moving into training camp. And it just doesn't feel like there is right now. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing about Justin Fields in the offense is we should note um, it hasn't been all roses here in the off season and they've made mistakes. Um, you know, he's had his fair share of turnovers. He had another one today where um, Jalen Johnson had a pick six on him. And that was also in a two minute drill. And it seems like, you know, the offense is, is struggling a little bit. Now, Matt Eberflus did say, um, last week that on Monday, the, the offense had the better day of the, of the two sides before the defense came out and dominated on, um, what was, I think it was Wednesday. Um, so, I mean, you know, we have to kind of take that into account too. And, and field spoke to the media today and I mean, he pretty much laid it out. He said that they're throwing everything at them full speed right now. Like it, it's, it's, it's still installs. Um, they're still going through that, that type of stuff but they're throwing a lot at this offense and a lot at Justin Fields. And he just kind of has to, you know, keep building, um, you know, get that connection going with his wide receivers, you know, the tight ends and the running backs, make sure they're all on the same page. Mistakes are going to happen. I mean, that's the biggest thing. We're going to see mistakes, you know, the next two days, we're going to see mistakes throughout training camp. We're going to see mistakes in the preseason, probably in the regular season too, but you can't have those same mistakes twice. Fields is going to have to show Hey, look, I learned from this. Um, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. And, and if that's the improvement early on, I'm fine with those mistakes being made. Now, if he's out there just throwing interceptions left and right, the offense can't get going, um, then there's kind of a problem. But, you know, you're right. I mean, everything really hinges on Justin Fields' development. I mean, the Bears ideally are going to face a couple scenarios. They're going to be really, really bad. And Justin Fields is going to be bad. Um, they're going to be really bad and potentially get a top 10 pick while Justin Fields takes a step forward. I think that's still a realistic opportunity. Um, or they're just kind of going to be middle of the road and kind of just going to be puttering along um, with fields, taking a few steps, but maybe not, you know, the full development that you want to see. So, yeah, I mean, I, 
you know, the offensive line definitely plays a part in it. Um, they have not been in sync at, at these practices. Um, I was out there last week, but from what I've heard, they were not in sync. They committed a couple false starts. There was a couple penalties today. They got to get the offensive line in sync. They got to get the receiving course with fields in sync, and then it's going to start to all come together. But until then, I mean, we're going to see these mistakes. We're going to see these, these negative reports that, you know, the offense lost the day. That's okay. That doesn't mean that the, the media that's there that's reporting it is wrong. There is, it's, it's okay to have bad days for the offense. You just don't want to see them consecutively, consistently. You don't want to see them two, three, four days in a row or, or four practices in a row, things like that. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, and I think really what it comes down to is the offense is a much newer and, I mean, let's just be honest, the less talented, you know, group of the two, and that's just going to happen, you know, and I and I think, you know, the big, obviously the big key is not to overreact to anything. I mean, what it was at this time last year, you know, with OTAs, there was all sorts of guys. Or no, I think it was actually Demir Bird was the one that was like really impressing at receiver and you know, there's always those guys that like stand out and then you get into the preseason and you get into the regular season and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that guy was actually supposed to be good. And he wasn't. So, you know, again, you know, you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt. And I know everybody, including us is, you know, ready to see the product out on the field, even if it is just training camp in the preseason, but we still got a little bit to go. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting after they wrap everything up here, um, you know, over the next few days. I mean, they're going to have basically about a six, seven week break. And in that time, um, you know, they I would assume that they're going to try to make some roster moves and kind of, you know, turn over whatever they need to turn over and kind of figure things out. And I think, you know, that could be when we see something from, you know, with the whole Robert Quinn situation, um, you know, there's still some decent offensive guards out there right now. Maybe if this Dakota Dozier injury is truly serious, maybe they go out and they finally sign uh, a guy like Eric Flowers or, you know, a reliable veteran that, okay, maybe he's not going to be good or even really, you know, anything like too spectacular, but at least it gives you a solid option if a, if a rookie can't beat him out or if somebody like Sam Mustafer can't step up his game and beat him out, you know, it's just, I think that, that that's kind of where we're going to be. And then obviously kind of regroup and see, you know, where things are heading in the training camp and into the preseason. I mean, you know, we, we've seen the leaps and bounds that the things can happen. Uh, and I know that it's kind of easy sometimes to, you know, revert back to here we go again, here we go again. And maybe that will be the case. You know, there is a giant lack of talent on this offense, but I think really going to have to keep everything into perspective. And really, again, man, I mean, the, the, the season, at least for me, is not going to be about wins and losses. It shouldn't be about wins and losses. It should be about the development. It should be, you know, about finding at least, you know, one long-term option at tackle, you know, another interior option, a long-term option there, you know, one of, uh, whether it's uh, Equinemius St. Brown or Byron Pringle or, you know, Valus Jones or whoever it is, finding at least one other long-term piece that can be a number two or number three receiver for you, like knocking some of the, the needs off the checklist heading in the offseason. Because like we talked about earlier, 
they're going to have a lot of different resources. They're going to be able to do a lot next off season. They're also going to have basically all the draft picks, you know, they're probably going to be decently high draft picks. So Ryan Poles really should be able to move around, especially in the first round, maybe pick up another, you know, a, a future first round pick or multiple picks in next year's draft. Like, Things are going to look very different, but I think in order for the Bears to go from this kind of rebuilding season with some optimism into next year and kind of hoping maybe they can kind of turn the corner and be, you know, at least a wild card contender or whatever it is next year, a lot of that is going to happen on the field this year. And again, it doesn't, it doesn't, it isn't determined in training camp by any means, but it does start there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they, you know, if they do any reworking with the roster, what their overall impressions are, because one of the things that Matt Eberflus talked about today is he said that they had basically two different pairings of the offensive line that they've worked with. They've had, you know, they're going to have 12 practices. The first six practices were with the one configuration, and that was with uh, Larry Borum at left tackle, and then obviously with, uh, you know, Tevin Jenkins at right tackle, and then at one point Dakota Dozier was starting, and then now it sounds like – you know, Sam Mustafer was playing right guard. And then obviously, you know, Braxton Jones was at left tackle and Larry Borm was at right tackle. So, you know, and then they basically said they're going to figure out if one of those is going to work for them. And if not, then they're going to reshuffle again, which I guess could throw, you know, Tevin Jenkins in at right guard. Who knows? I mean, there's definitely some options to be had. And again, none of this really much matters. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as much when they, you know, as soon as they get pads on and they start playing in preseason games, I think we're going to kind of see, who is who, but I do think it's at least worth keeping a mental note on moving into training camp, who the coaching staff is liking at this point, because sometimes it can be, especially with three preseason games, it can be a little hard to climb that mountain, um, you know, and, and win a starting job um, depending on what's going on. So there's just a lot to be answered. And the reality of it is none of this is going to be answered over the next two practices. And then they've got the break and then they go into training camp and that's when you're going to kind of see things fall into place or we can hope they fall into place and kind of go from there. And I mean, Justin Fields, you know, flat out said, he said, they're not ready to play a game right now. I mean, he says he's, he's not ready for the season to start. And um, you know, he was brutally honest about that. I think that's okay. You know, I I don't expect him to be um, at that stage just yet, you have a new regime, you have a new, you know, offensive coordinator, you're working in new plays, you got the new playbook. So yeah, he's being brutally honest, but you know, at the same time, it's totally correct. I mean, like you said, you know, they got a lot to clean up until between now and training camp. Um, I'd even say the first week, um, you know, the first couple of practices of training camp might be a little, you know, on the, on the bad side. So what's to be patient and wait and see, but I don't know, Aaron. I just don't have a good feeling about this season at all. I, I just, I think right now, you know, I, I like, like we've said, it's all Justin Fields. Everything depends on Justin Fields and I, I can handle, you know, a losing season. If Justin Fields does take that next step forward um, and they do make some strides w- with this offense, but I just, the way things are going now, yeah, it's a little early to panic, but man, I just, I don't see a path where they're a really good football team. Yeah. And, you know, it it kind of is what it is at this point. I think there's still at least, you know, in terms of like kind of looking to the season and to the schedule. I mean, uh, Justin Fields is going to face off against, you know, three of the five, you know, obviously not counting him uh, or I guess three of the four other uh, first round quarterbacks. And he's also going to face off against David Mills. I mean, he'll get to see Trey Lance. He'll get to see Davis Mills. uh, He'll get to see, uh, you know, Zach Wilson. Um, So, 
you know, it's good. And then he also gets to see, I'm pretty sure he gets to see Mac Jones because they play New England this year yep. too, right? Monday yeah. night. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like, if anything, it will make for some interesting, you know, comparisons and litmus tests and, and, and different things like that. And again, I mean, there are going to be guys that we're going to come out of this year and be like, wow, that, you know, it, that that is going to be a long-term piece. It's just a matter of how many guys that they can kind of have that going towards. And, you know, I think, again, it's just really about knocking some of the items off that checklist moving into the moving into next offseason because they are going to have a lot of resources. So, you know, who knows? Maybe things go a lot better. I mean, this time last year, I think a lot of people, you know, when you looked at some teams like the Eagles, for example, I think a lot of team, a lot of people had the Eagles as a four or five win team. And, you know, I think things can be overrated this time of year. And I think that can absolutely be the case. Um, so we'll just have to see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I, I if they're if they win more than six games at this point, I'd be shocked, but that's okay. That that's the design of a rebuild. And you know, as long as people go in with the proper expectations and understand that this isn't going to be a playoff year or shouldn't be a playoff year, more of the point. And you know, just kind of focus on the things that need to be focused on. Like you said, if Justin Fields is good, man, everything else is gonna work out. If you got if you have a franchise quarterback and you have a hundred, you know, let's just say $115 million in cap space heading in the next year and your full allotment of picks plus, you know, let's just say they trade Robert Quinn for a third or a fourth, you're going to be in good shape. You really are. So, you know, there, there's a lot to be determined. We're just going to have to find out what happens. But, you know, um, you know, I, like I said, I mean, we've talked about it before. It's like enjoy these last few days of updates because after that, it's be six or seven weeks of not a whole lot before training camp starts up. And, you know, that's uh, this is definitely the really dead point of the year where I think everything kind of gets overanalyzed. And everything kind of gets, you know, you get very anxious waiting for everything to, you know, finally happen. So enjoy these last few days because after that, it's going to be a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you're not lying. A whole lot of uh, filler stuff and 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 countdowns to uh, training camp. So, yeah, and I think that'll, that'll wrap things up here for today. Um, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and where can everyone read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Helps out our podcast as well as Picks for Polls, um, our, our draft and off-season podcast. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.